0: We hope you enjoy today's episode.
1: Tonight, uh, Pastor Claire and I are uh, co-preaching a sermon that we have been really looking forward to, that we've been really excited for, and the title of our sermon is 10 Dating Tips No One Else Will Tell You. Okay, 10 Dating Tips No One Else Will Tell You. You know this if you've been with us for a little while. If you're brand new, that's okay. We're going to catch you up to speed. We've been in a series called Better Now. Where we're talking about how can we have better relationships according to God's word now. So how can we have better family relationships? How can we have better friendships? And tonight, tonight we are going to be talking about dating. How can we have better dating relationships now? And so Claire and I just thought, you know it would be really fun is if we just sort of talked for a little bit and kind of just threw out some really quick dating tips for you. And the point of this is we want to resource you. We want to give you some biblical ways of thinking about dating and relationships. We're going to try to be really quick with each one of our points so that you can get into your life group time. Uh, so let me, let me start. Tip number one. Tip number one. If you're taking notes, it's on there for you. Tip number one is this. ask yourself. Am I in this for someone or some status? Hmm. Tip number one, ask yourself, am I in this for someone or some status? I want to show you guys a few pictures. I have three of them of uh from sarah and i like the early years okay i don't know if sarah's there but okay i don't i don't even know if i cleared these I'm with so her excited. so these are just we'll see if, if she's not a big i think she's gonna be okay with these photos but here are uh, pictures of sarah and i sarah and i have been married for uh 14 years this july which means yeah which is awesome, yes, awesome. amen amen we dated for two and a half years before that so we've been dating for 16 and a half years and so I want to show you a few photos. All right, the first one we got a view of us is, okay, this is awesome, you guys. This is our very first, I knew Chris would wow. like this. This is Sarah and I's very first Halloween together. This is our first Halloween together. Uh, I know, I know. Samuel I should, said that you had hair. I had hair, I know. I had hair, and I don't condone not wearing that much clothing, you know, as a guy. I should have worn more clothing, but that's that. All right, let's go to the next vote. I think we have another one. Okay, so this was Sarah and I. This was Sarah and I's very first dance that we ever went to. This was Sarah and I's very first dance that we ever went to. That couple broke up, so they're not together anymore. Uh, but yes. Sarah and I are still together. Uh, and, and I know, as you guys are looking at these photos, you're like, "Wow, Eric! Like, 16 and a half years! Like, how did you get even, you know, cuter than you were?" It's just great. Like, working out, eating right, like all those things have just helped with that. Um, but let's go to the next photo. I think we have one more photo. Yes. So yeah. this is Sarah and I. I think we were at maybe Disneyland somewhere to, or Universal I think Studios. Universal. <laughs> it says on their Universal. Um, but I want to tell you guys something. When Sarah and I, when we were just friends, I was crazy about her from the very first moment I met her. And I was like, I was convinced I was going to marry her. And I remember thinking, I remember like literally having a conversation with my mom. I was like, Mom, I'm going to marry this girl Sarah. And my mom was like, who is Sarah? Like they didn't even know about her. And I was like, I'm going I'm to marry Sarah. Now, I'm not saying that kind of determination always works out or that it's always good. Sometimes you just have to say, nope, didn't work, and that's fine. But I was very committed to this. And then I remember one October, I was driving to some ministry thing and Sarah and I were talking on the phone and Sarah started to tell me about these other guys that were interested in her. And it like broke my heart. Okay, you guys, it broke my heart because I was like, I'm super crazy about you, but these other guys, and and fair to Sarah, at that point, she was like, I don't want anything more than just friendship with you, Eric. So she was trying kindly to like let me down instead of being like, dude, you're a loser, like, I'm not going to be with you. She was like, hey, I I want you to, like, know that there's other things going on, and and all that to say, all that to say. um, I remember, after getting off that conversation with Sarah, I remember thinking to myself, do I really care about Sarah? Do I really care about who she is, or am I just interested in the potential, the idea of having a girlfriend? Does the idea of having a girlfriend seem really cool or is it actually Sarah that I'm interested in? Is Sarah the person that I want to get to know, that I want to be friends with? I think this is a really important question asked because I I think especially in the high school years, it can be so tempting to be so consumed by the potential, the idea of having a girlfriend or having a boyfriend Mm -hmm. that you're actually chasing that status more than you're pursuing a person that would be a good fit for you. Hmm. Uh, Psalm 139, verse 23 to 24 says this, search me, God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. See if there is any offensive way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. I think the best thing you do, tip number one, is when you're interested in someone, to ask God to search your heart Hmm. and to help you discern Are you just interested in the idea of having a boyfriend or girlfriend? Or is there something about this person that you're actually interested in spending more time with? I say this to you guys all the time, but I need to say it again. You can't always choose who you're attracted to. For a lot of of situations, you're just going to be attracted to somebody. You can't always choose who you're attracted to, but you can 100% of the time choose who you date. And maybe one of the best things I could tell you is just because you're attracted to somebody does not mean you should date them. Mm -hmm. That just because you're attracted to them does not mean that they are a great fit for you. Mm -hmm. And Claire's going to talk a little bit about singleness and how significant it is in her last point. But I thought of 1 Corinthians 7 verse 7 to 8 that says, Now to the unmarried and the widows I say it is good for them to stay unmarried as I do. But if they cannot control themselves, they should marry, for it is better to marry than to burn with passion. Paul says it is better to be single. Hmm. And so this is an incredibly unpopular opinion on The Bachelor and Bachelorette. And I know I'm preaching. Haley hates that show. I'm going to jump on Haley's bandwagon for a second. Uh, There is nothing, there's no greater lie in our culture right now when it comes to relationships Hmm. than, man, who you are with is the most significant and important thing about your life. That's a lie. That's a lie. And so I think asking that question, man, am I in this for some status or is it, am I really interested in someone? So what should you be looking for in someone? You should be looking for someone that has a strong relationship with Jesus, someone that has strong character and integrity, someone that has a strong reputation, somebody that has strong qualities that you admire. That could be their sense of humor, their intelligence, their empathy, their emotional maturity, and their attractiveness. And sometimes I'll talk with like uber-Christians, like people who are really Christians, like like almost like they, they've got – but they're not just like really in love with Jesus. They've gotten like so like religious about it that sometimes they've, they, they'll, they'll say like, is it okay – and it's, I guess it's a good question, but sometimes they'll ask like, is it okay that I – I'm asking the question, am I attracted to this person? Like they almost feel like that's like not a legitimate question as a strong Christian that you should be asking is if you're attracted to the person. And I would just point you to the book of Song of Songs that Solomon talks at length about how he is physically attracted to this, to this woman, but he also talks about the other qualities that he sees in her. And so I would encourage you, physical attraction is important, but it shouldn't be the driving factor. It shouldn't be even the most important one. It is an important one, but doesn't need to be the most important. And last thing I'll say is this your relationship status is not your identity. It's an opportunity to worship God. Your relationship status is not your identity. Claire, number two.
0: So good. Dating tip number two the six month friendship, oh, thank you. The six month friendship before dating rule is actually really wise advice.
1: Wait, say that again? Say
0: that again, I'm gonna say it again. The six month friendship before dating rule is actually really wise advice. And the reason why Eric wanted me to say that twice is because this is his rule. This is his advice for high school students. And um, I think I've shared this with most of you, but I actually was an HSM student myself. And so I sat in the same uncomfortable B-building chairs uh, that you do every week. Um, I actually helped unpack them. Uh, that was a fun Sunday morning together. Um, but um, so so Eric, every time we get in February, he's like, okay, I can't wait to like, you know, give." My dating advice to the high schoolers, and he's been giving giving this same advice uh, in this building for almost 10 years now in July, 10 years to high school students, and something that he says every time is, students, if there is someone in your life who you are attracted to, and maybe you like them and they like you, instead of jumping into officially dating right away, be friends for at least 6 months before that happens. And honestly, you guys, I remember like sitting here, I didn't really know Eric very well and he said that and I honestly rolled my eyes because <laughs> I was like, you don't understand like but like me and this guy like we like each other like like everything's going to be okay, Eric, like we don't have to wait. But the reason why this is actually really wise advice is because friendship is the best way to determine if you and someone else are a good match. And um, time, really friends, is on your side. Time is not your enemy. Um, Proverbs chapter 17, verse 24 says, a discerning person keeps wisdom in view, but a fool's eyes wander to the ends of the earth. And the Bible talks a lot about this idea of discernment. And God encourages his people to practice discernment. And to discern, here's the definition, to look closely with full attention, to perceive, to distinguish something with difficulty, something that's hard to understand, you distinguish it by using your sight. And it is hard to practice discernment when you're rushing through something with someone else, especially in dating. So time is your friend, it is not your enemy. And time, as friends, you'll really get to see who this person is once emotions and excitement fades. Because sometimes at first you're like, well this is just so exciting, like someone likes me, like let's just like jump in, and you're not actually asking those good questions that you just brought for us, Eric. and through your six months of friendship, you'll be able to think through questions like this. How does this person treat you and others publicly, privately, and over text and social media? And does this person point you to Jesus with their words, actions, and behaviors? Or do they just say that they do? Because it's really easy to start a relationship and be like, hey, at the start of this, Christ is going to be at the center. It's a lot harder to actually have words and deeds live out that intention. And to be totally honest with you guys, um, when I was a high school student, the really only um, romantic relationship I've ever been in started in high school and ended in college. And we started uh, our relationship with this six-month friendship rule. And it helped our relationship so much because we got to build this deep foundation of really knowing each other. Um, We got to know each other's friends and families. We learned each other's goals. And even though our relationship didn't end up working out, we never regretted having that six months, those six months of friendship before we started dating. And I would go so far to say that I followed that advice in high school. Today, as a young adult, I think that I want to follow that same advice, that before I really jump into an official dating relationship with someone, I really want to develop a deep friendship with them for at least six months.
1: That's awesome. That's so good. All right, number three is this. Don't just pursue the person you want to date. Pursue their family and friends. Don't just pursue the person you want to date, pursue their family and friends. Psalm 133 verse one says this, how good and pleasant it is when God's people live together in unity. Hmm. Romans twelve ten says, be devoted to one another in love, honor one another above yourselves. Now this is just from my years of doing youth ministry and working with high school student, students. Sometimes when you start dating, you start alienating. Hmm. Sometimes when you start dating, you start alienating. Don't do that. Hmm. Scripture talks so much like these verses about how beautiful it is when we're unified, when we're together, when we're seeing ourselves as a community, when we're taking seriously the call to honor one another and to honor our relationships. The, the thing is, sometimes... um and it makes sense right like when you're interested in somebody that you would focus all of your attention and time and texting on that one person the problem with that is that one person has some really significant relationships around them their friends their family and it's so important for you that as you're interested in someone that you would take an interest in those people um When I think of pursuing their family, so let's say, and and I'm just going to, you know, I I think the scriptures, um, there's lots of different ways to interpret um, the marriage passages uh, in the New Testament about uh, a husband's role and a wife's role. One of the things that seems clear to me is this, that men are called, that husbands are called to be the first to lay down their lives for their wives, Um, The scriptures are clear that we're called to mutual submission, that husbands and wives are called to submit to one another. But how I interpret those passages is that it's the husband's job to be the first to lay down their lives for their wives. So how does that apply to dating? Guys, I want to put the challenge on you. If you're interested in dating a girl, I want you to talk with their family. I want want to encourage you to talk with their parents or their guardians or their foster parents, whoever it is that is raising them, who is influential as a parent role in their life, to talk with them and to say, hey, I'm interested in your daughter. I'm interested in pursuing a relationship with them. I want to encourage you for guys and girls to spend time hanging out with each other's families. There's nothing worse than when two people start to like each other and then they're only hanging out together. They're always hanging out together. There's no community. There's no other people around them. And it almost feels like you're an intruder in their presence, right? Mm -hmm. Like when you're around them, you almost feel like, man, I'm getting in the way. They just really want to be together and not have anyone else. That's awkward. That's weird. Don't do that. Mm -hmm. Instead, allow, be intentional to pursue those uh, relationships. And when you do this, this will build trust. This will build trust with the person you're interested in and with their family and friends that are around them. And maybe some of you are like, oh, that doesn't seem realistic. For me, as a a 20-year-old man, that's what I did with Sarah. That when I was interested in dating her, before I asked her to be my girlfriend at the age of 20, I talked with her mom and dad. And I said, I'm interested in dating Sarah. Are you okay with that? I talked with each, she has four sisters. I took each one of her four sisters out for ice cream and hung out with them and talked to them and said, are, are you okay with me dating your sister? I got to know her friends. I want to encourage you to do that. I think it'll foster a much healthier relationship.
0: So good, so good. Moving right along to dating tip number four. Most couples on social media never look as good In real life, amen. (laughs) We got him. Um, And I, we've had this conversation actually with a lot of you students that you students understand that when you see pictures on social media, when you see people's profiles, you are only seeing a perfectly curated one side of the story version of the of like version of people who they choose to put that version out there. That for every picture that's posted, there are 20 and 30 other pictures on your camera roll that didn't make the cut. And the problem with looking to couples on social media is that in real life, life and love are so messy. So messy. And on social media, we never see people post pictures of their messy house. We never see people posting the peanut butter and jelly sandwiches that they made for dinner because they were tired and didn't have energy and maybe that was all that they could afford that night. You don't see any pictures of like the random Saturday afternoons that you're just laying on the couch. You don't see the everyday, you don't see the mundane, and you don't see the messy. And I'll never forget, one of my... Good friends. Um, she doesn't know Jesus yet, and she told me one day she was like, "Claire, I had to unfollow this um, really famous couple on Instagram." She was like, "I had to unfollow them because every time I was seeing their pictures, I was just feeling bad about myself. Like I was feeling feeling like I could never attain the relationship and the life that they had, and um, that I was I was never going to be good enough." And so she just said, "I I needed to to look to something else." And that friend, she understood that that life and love is so much messier than we than we like to say that it is. And we know what love is. We've talked about this passage a, a couple weeks ago now. But 1 John chapter 3 verses 16 and 18 say this is how we know what love is. Jesus Christ laid down his life for us, and we ought to lay down our lives for our brothers and sisters. And verse 18 says, Dear children, do not let us not love with words or speech, but with actions and in truth. And there is nothing glamorous about laying down your life for somebody else. And yet that is what real love is. Um, Sarah Holmstrom has told me this story a couple of times that I really love, that when her and Eric were first starting to date, um, we all know Eric, he's like, so fun and like excited. Thank you. You're welcome. What
1: else do we know about Eric?
0: (laughs) You're just like so fun and like excited about life. But Sarah was concerned like, okay, Eric's so fun, but can he handle real life? Like, can he do the messy? Can he do the hard? And one night they had to go to the emergency room for something and they were there all night. And Sarah said it was like the best night of her life. And that's when she knew that Eric could handle the messy and hard stuff of real life. And so with social media, I really believe that you students have an even greater need for discernment. Like you have to see the photos on social media and realize I'm not seeing the full story. And if the couple that you admire the most is a couple on social media who you don't even know, hold on for dating tip number six. um, Because we can learn from people on social media. We can um, even admire them, but we have to remember that we can't idolize them. That's disobedient to God, and that's also not real. You're not seeing the full picture.
1: That's great. Dating tip number five. You ready, guys? Date someone who points you to Jesus. Date someone who points you to Jesus. Make this your number one prerequisite your number one priority hebrews chapter 12 verses 1 and 2 says and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us fixing our eyes on jesus the pioneer and perfecter of faith so in the book of hebrews it says if you're going to follow jesus if you're going to run the race that god has for you you've got to have your eyes fixed on jesus Hmm. it doesn't make any sense to be linked up, connected with somebody whose eyes are not also fixed on Jesus. Mm -hmm. If their eyes are fixed over here and your eyes are fixed on Jesus, it ain't gonna go well. You're not running in the same direction. And it has been my experience over and over again that when people go, well, you know what? I'm gonna change them. They're gonna eventually love Jesus. What usually tends to happen is the person who is strong in their faith recognizes that it's created a little bit of a wedge and they get weaker in their faith. Hmm. Now every once in a while you have these great, amazing stories where uh, you know, somebody who who you know, is a follower of Jesus was able to encourage another person to, to go deeper in their faith and that's incredible, but that is the exception, it's not the rule. Hmm. Paul says in 2 Corinthians six fourteen, do not be yoked together with unbelievers for what do righteousness and wickedness have in common? Or what fellowship can light have with darkness? Hmm. There's much in, Deuteron- or in uh, uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 6 and 7 about relationships. But this idea of being with somebody who loves Jesus is so incredibly important. You will be influenced by, and you will become more like the person that you date and marry. Hmm. And really you have to ask yourself the question, what's the point of dating? The point of dating is to help give you a better understanding of what you're looking for in marriage. And to help you along that process of finding who is that person that that you're going to choose to marry if you choose to get married. The point of marriage, the point of marriage is to prepare one another for eternity with Christ. I'll probably talk about this in a little bit, but um, you don't have a soulmate. Mm -hmm. I know all the 14 year old girls are like, but I've been journaling about him. He doesn't exist. You don't have a soulmate. Guys, you don't have a soulmate. There's no one perfect person out there for you. You, you, you get a choice. You get a choice in deciding who it is that you want to spend your life with. Now, do not mistake me. There are much wiser decisions and less wise decisions. Absolutely. The the important thing to do is to make a commitment to yourself. I am not going to date somebody. I'm not even going to consider dating somebody who doesn't love Jesus like I love Jesus. Mm -hmm. And I'm just going to say this. Just know that I love you. For 10 years, I've loved you. If you are in a relationship with somebody who doesn't love Jesus, I don't see that going well. And I would strongly encourage you to consider ending that relationship. Mm. And I'm saying that because I love you and because I want the best for you. And because I've seen what happens when two people link up and get really into each other when they're not both aligned in their love for Jesus. Mm. I was just at a camp this last weekend. I was in Connecticut preaching um, at Hume, New England out there. And I was talking with this guy, John, who uh, he's a missionary. He met his wife in Sudan. Mm -hmm. And uh, when they got married, they were married in Sudan. They lived there for a little while. And then they had to leave the country because of war. And her parents were displaced and put in a refugee camp. And God, by the power of his Holy Spirit, put it on the hearts of John and his wife to build their parents a new home. Their home had been torn down and destroyed in the war. God put it on their hearts to build them a new house. And so all their money right now is going towards building this new house for his in-laws in Sudan. How does that happen other than two people who love Jesus and are willing to say, you know what, we'll sacrifice because we feel like God's putting us on our heart. Mm -hmm. I want you, for those of you that are gonna get married, I want you to have the kind of marriages and I want you to have the kind of dating relationships where both of you, are passionate about Jesus and willing to do whatever it is that Jesus calls you to do. Mm. So if you're in a relationship with somebody that isn't in a relationship with Jesus, talk to them about that. Mm. You need to say, hey, I want to date somebody that loves Jesus. Can we talk about you loving Jesus? If you're not willing to break up yet, can we say, hey, can we have a conversation about your relationship with Jesus? Because that matters so much to me. All right, Mm. that's that. I
0: love that. Numero seis, number six, inviting mentorship and wisdom is always a good idea. More and more, I am so convinced that the slippery slope to sin always starts with the idea, I can do this on my own. And in a relationship, I think it starts with the idea that we can do this on our own. We know what we're doing. We don't need help. We don't need guidance. But over and over again, the Bible warns us of something different. Proverbs chapter 12, verse 15 says, the way of fools seems right to them, but the wise listen to advice. And if godly wisdom is so prized, if it should be sought after intentionally, then it should definitely be sought after for something as important as seeking a dating relationship. And you don't even have to wait to invite mentorship into your life. You can seek a mentor now. Think about right now who is one adult who you trust and admire and who is one friend who you trust and admire. And then think about how can I invite them to speak into my life and my relationship? A couple who I really look up to, I remember um, uh, they, before they got engaged, they invited their mentors to do pre engagement counseling with them. I've never heard of that before. P- pre marital counseling is um, a kind of like more well known, and um, a lot more people do it um, while they're
1: engaged. Where are Austin and Bronte? Yeah. Austin and Bronte did pre, didn't you guys do pre engagement seriously dating counseling in a class Aww. here?
0: Okay, Austin and Bronte, Yes, okay. Okay, guys. I know such examples. I I just think that that shows um such a humility and it's always a good idea to seek wisdom especially from people who have been through it before. And even if you're single, you can invite mentors into your life right now. And one of the reasons why that's so helpful is because mentors actually know you and they really care about you. And so you know that when they challenge and push you, the mentors in my life, again, make me roll my eyes. <laughs> um, they make me like, because they make me wanna, they may, they push me to do things that I don't wanna do. And yet I receive that wisdom because I know that they love me. And um, something that Eric just said is like, what, sometimes when you start dating, you start alienating. And I want to piggyback on that and add that relationships in isolation usually lead to devastation for them and for others. It's, it's so damaging um, to be in a date, an important relationship and not invite anyone to speak into that. And then it also hurts your friends and your family when you choose to isolate. So always, always invite mentorship and wisdom.
1: That's awesome. All right, number seven. We're going to try to fly through these because we want to get you into your life groups. Number seven is this. The best question for every stage of life is, does this worship Jesus? That's a question I think you literally can ask at every moment, in every age, in every stage of life, does this worship Jesus? I'm specifically talking to those of you that are in a relationship, that as you're evaluating how you and that other person interact in that relationship. If you're wondering, is God okay with this? Is he not? Should we, should we not? Just literally ask yourself the question, does this, whatever this is, this thing we're doing, Does this worship Jesus? Romans 12, 1-2, Therefore I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. Paul says, you know what true your, your true spiritual act of worship is? It's you living a life that honors God. Hmm. It's, it's you deciding that, you know what, we're going to have a boundaries talk. And so if you're going to date somebody, if you are dating someone, you need to have a boundaries conversation with them where you decide what are those boundaries. And, and I, I, I hesitate about should I suggest some, should I not? I'm just going to throw it out there. Uh, number one, you need to talk with your parents about it. But you need to talk with your parents. Say, hey, what's acceptable, what's not acceptable? And if you go, I can't talk to my parents about it, try. And if you just, if you won't, talk with your life group leader. Hmm. Talk with your youth pastors. Talk about what does that look like to set up boundaries? Because if you don't communicate them, if you don't set them up at the beginning, you're bound to cross them. And honestly, you guys, I, I don't think anything past hugging, holding hands, and a quick kiss is even helpful in any way. And so if you're kind of looking for, okay, just practically, what are you saying? I'm saying anything past a hug, holding hands, and a quick kiss, I don't think there's any room for that in dating before, uh, especially at your guys' age. I remember Sarah and I had some friends who, um, well, Sarah tells this story that she had a group of friends in high school, 10 of them, and they all asked the question, hey, are we going to sleep with our, first, our boyfriends if we're, if we're really into them? And, and eight of the ten girls said, you know what? I, I want to wait till, till I'm married to have sex. But if I really like them, then I'm going to sleep with them. Eight of those ten girls, those eight of the ten girls, um, who said, you know, I really want to wait till I get married to have sex. But if the right one comes along, I'll consider it. They all did that. They all had sex before marriage. But Sarah and one of her friends who said, no, it, it, it doesn't matter how into them I am. I'm going to wait till marriage. They decided to wait. Um, Ladies, if a guy ever asks you for nude pics, if he ever DMs you, texts you, asks you for nude pics, break up with him immediately. Block him, unfollow him, unfriend him. He does not care about you. He merely cares about using you to get something from you. That's a huge red flag. Huge red flag. I remember one time we surveyed HSM students and asked all the girls, how many of you have been asked for nude pics? It was like in the high 80%. Mm. It's devastating. Mm. Christian young men in this room, if you're a Christian and you're asking a girl for nude pics, stop that immediately. That's foolishness. That's evil. You need to repent You need to ask the Lord to forgive you. You need to ask that person to forgive you that is never, ever, ever acceptable. And if a person you're dating has ever asked you for nude pics or wants you to push physical boundaries, they don't actually care about you. I know they tell you they do, but they don't actually care about you. And I'm saying all this to protect you. I'm saying all this to help you, to support you. You see, the reality is sex within marriage Sex within marriage between a husband and a wife, it's worshipful to God. it's, It's a gift that God has given to marriages. It's worshipful. But sex outside of marriage is not worshipful. It's not what God has designed you for yet. You see, students, sex within a marriage is powerful enough to unite a husband and wife. But sex outside of marriage is dangerous enough to damage a person's life. Mm. And if either of you, guy or girl, is ever saying, hey, you know, I I really want to wait to have sex until I'm married. And your boyfriend or girlfriend is giving you any grief about that, giving you a hard time at all. That's your red flag. They don't actually care about you that they just want to use you for what you can give them. I'm sorry, that was so intense, but I feel like I needed to say it. Take so it away, good. Claire. I'm so
0: glad. Okay, round, as we round home, remember, we really love you. And that's yeah. why we're sharing this, because yes. dating tip number eight is, oh. <laughs> breakups hurt but are not as devastating as wandering from Christ. yeah. Paul wrote in Philippians chapter 3, verses 7 to 9, to believers, But whatever were gains to me, I now consider loss for the sake of Christ. What is more, I consider everything a loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord, for whose sake I have lost all things. I consider them garbage, that I may gain Christ and be found in him. We've talked about it a lot tonight. I hope this is a big theme that you take away, that there is nothing more important in our lives than our relationship with Jesus. And and Paul used language, garbage. I consider all things, even good things, as garbage. The Greek word he used there is like rubbish. It's vulgar. It's like an intense word, but that's how much he knows the surpassing worth of knowing Christ is. And again, if you are in a relationship with someone who doesn't love Jesus lovingly, we say we think you should break up with them. And it's not a holy huddle, you know, of just us being thinking that we're better than everyone else as Christians. It's, it's because it's pleasing to God it's gonna be most helpful and loving for you, but it's also most loving for that person. One of my life group leaders, when I was in HSM, um, she shared with us this story of her saying no to dating this boy who she really liked because he didn't know Jesus. And the thing that she told him is Jesus is the most important thing about me, and if you don't know him, you can never hope to know the most important parts about me. Like you'll never know the, the real me. And so I cannot willingly, like, enter into this relationship because that's always going to be our barrier. Nothing is worth us wandering from Christ.
1: So good. Wow. Okay, number nine. Here's my last one, and then Claire's going to finish this off. Number nine is this. Prioritize this principle in this order. Master, mission, mate. Remember those three words. Master, mission, mate. Mate. In Romans six chapter nineteen, I'm going to read this quickly. It says this: I am using an example. This is Paul speaking? I am using an example from everyday life because of your human limitations. Just as you used, just as you used to offer yourselves as slaves to impurity and to ever increasing wickedness, so now offer yourselves as slaves to righteousness, leading to holiness. When you were slaves to sin, you were free from the control of righteousness. What benefit did you reap at that time from the things you are now ashamed of? Those things that you did resulted in death. But now that you have been set free from sin and have become slaves to God, the benefit you reap leads to holiness, and the result is eternal life. For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. The first thing you need to decide is this, who is your master? Is it a boyfriend or girlfriend? Is it a salary someday? Is it a job? Is it your reputation? Is it what your parents think? Is it what your friends think? Who is your master? And my hope is that all of you answer that question, at least at some point in your life, if not today, that you would answer that question, Jesus is my master. The second thing you need to answer is, what's my mission? And here Paul says, our master is Jesus because we're slaves to God. But then he says, we're slaves to righteousness. What's your mission? To serve God. So your master is Jesus. Your mission is to live your, to live your life in a way that you're serving God through everything that you'll do. And then after that, once you've established who's your master, what's your mission, then you find if you're interested in getting married, and again, Paul says it is better to be single. And in church, we need to do a better job of encouraging that. It is awesome to be single. But if you are going to get married, it is so important that you find somebody who shares your master and shares your mission. And the problem is in our culture, we get those backwards. We focus so much on finding a mate that our mission and our master are compromised in the process. The order that God intended you to go through is to find your master, your mission, and then you're made. I love what Paul says in 1 Corinthians seven thirty nine to 40. A woman is bound to her husband as long as he lives. And if her husband dies, she is free to marry anyone she wishes. But he must belong to the Lord. In my judgment, she is happier if she stays as she is. Again, he's promoting singleness. And I think that I too have the spirit of God. I think there's a beautiful example in scripture of um, Apollos or of Priscilla and Aquila in Acts 18.26. It says, Apollos began to speak boldly in the synagogue. When Priscilla and Aquila, husband and wife, heard him, they invited him to their home and explained to him the way of God more adequately. What a beautiful example. Priscilla and Aquila, their master is Jesus. Their mission is to serve God. And so they, they decided to get married to each other so they could continue in those together. Friends, marriage has an expiration date. Jesus says that in eternity we will not be married. So marriage has an expiration date, but eternity with Jesus does not. And so my last thing I'm going to say to you is don't let anything, including a boy, including a girl, come in between you and your master Jesus and Jesus being your number one priority.
0: That's so good. And last one, friends, students, HSM. You're not missing out if you don't date now. There's a lot of pressures, especially as high school students, to get into a dating relationship, and I know it can feel like everyone's in one and everyone has that experience, and our culture really values it. We've talked about um, romantic relationships are in TV shows and all over music and movies. But statistically... Research has shown that almost 64% of teens, ages 13 through 17, have never been in a romantic relationship. And even better than statistically, biblically, God is clear that He never wastes any season of our life, including if we're single. In James chapter 5, verses 7 and 8. He says, be patient, believers, brothers and sisters, until the Lord's coming. See how the farmer waits for the farmland to yield its valuable crop, patiently waiting for the autumn and spring rains. You too be patient and stand firm because the Lord's coming is near. God designed all the seasons and he uses all the seasons of our lives, and of our world to accomplish his purposes. Ecclesiastes reminds us that there is a time for everything, there is a season for every activity under the heavens, and God has made everything beautiful in its time. When we realize that the best place we could ever be is is with God, is being in his presence, then we realize with perfect confidence that we are never missing out on anything because we have God. I'll end with some of my favorite scriptures is Psalm 84, verses 10 and 11. Better is one day in your courts, speaking to God, better is one day in your courts than a thousand elsewhere. I would rather be a doorkeeper in the house of my God than dwell in the tents of the wicked. For the Lord God is a sun and shield, the Lord bestows favor and honor. No good thing does he withhold from those whose walk is blameless. Better is one day, one minute, one moment in God's presence than being anywhere else, even in a dating relationship. And so whether you are single or you're dating, learn now how to prioritize God in your life because his presence is the best place we can be.
1: Amen. That's a great place to wrap up.